Hey guys, welcome back to Talk Tennis Tea, and today I have a Davis Cup podcast for you guys. I know, how exciting. This podcast is basically going to be about the new format, my thoughts, reactions, and kind of comparing it to what's been happening in the ATP's mind and the ITF's mind, and just the world in general in terms of sports and how this new format came about. So if you want to listen then definitely get your cuppers ready. If you have not made your cup of tea, go start the kettle. Pause this, go make your cup of tea, come back and start, and then listen because it's literally going to be a good one. There's so much stuff that's happened and I feel like I was procrastinating filming this, I mean recording this because I just didn't know where my head was at. I didn't know what I was thinking about this new format for a period of time. I was like, oh, this is great. But then I actually started doing research and I'm like, oh no, this isn't, this actually, there's more to this story than we, there's more to this than we actually anticipated. And there's been recent articles and I feel like it's better that I've waited because there's a lot of drama, there's petitions, there's some letters, there's some fancy lists that are going around, people are shady and there's some clauses that have been revealed. So it's going to be very interesting. So if you want to hear all this tea, then stick around and let's get straight into the Let's get straight into the podcast. So, I don't think I can carry on this podcast if I don't explain the new format, basically. So, the new format consists of qualifying rounds and finals. Basically, what happens in the qualifying rounds, which occur in February, the first round will obviously occur in February 19, which will be after the Australian Open, which is similar time to when Davis Cup matches would be played anyway. So there'll be a total of 24 teams, 12 teams will be from last year's 5th and 16th placed, so these teams will come from the 2018 season, and then the other 12 teams will come from winners, Group 1 winners, from the categories of Euro Africa, Asia Oceania, and the Americas. This qualifying round will be played in a home and away format which I think to my belief is the standard of what was happening before and then from this 12 winners from the 24 will be playing in the finals and will make up the 18. The finals oh before we get to the finals the losers the other 12 losers will go back to group ones for ties in April and September to qualify for this round okay then we have the finals, which is made up of 18 teams, 12 from the qualifying and two wild cards, and four from the previous semifinals, which is the 2018 semifinals. These finals will be held in November. A date to be disclosed would be 18 to the 24th of November, so it's a week long event, and this will be held in a round robin format. And the venue will be in Madrid in the Caja Magica. The tie will be made up of two singles, one doubles, best of three sets, shock horror. And the weekly schedule is supposed to be Monday and Thursday is the group rounds. And then the winners will be selected from there. Friday is the quarterfinals. Saturday is the semis. Sunday, the finals. So just from that whole rundown and it's honestly like I was I had to watch multiple videos that broke it down so I could just understand what is actually happening and it doesn't seem like 
a lot has been changed let's be real there's a lot that's different and I didn't know how the Davis Cup format even worked to begin with so this format to me made sense but I don't like how the finals are one week I think that's a big like a massive strain on players I don't see how that's gonna work and I don't get the venue choice Madrid I guess neutral location but then it's not everyone can travel to Madrid to watch the Davis Cup I think the one of the best things about the Davis Cup was the fact that it was home and away format so you didn't have to leave your country you just traveled maybe two hours or an hour or 30 minutes to the local to the biggest tennis courts and that's where your players will be playing and no matter what surface they are so I think that they've kind of taken away that home rivalry aspect and it's really I think that's going to really hurt them because I'm not going to pay however many dollars just to go to Madrid when I could have watched them at my local tennis center in Auckland you know what I mean so it's it's honestly I think that's the bad thing about this whole format change I do, however, feel like the qualifying round is, in my head, it's slightly similar. Please tell me if I'm wrong. It doesn't seem like a major difference. However, I feel like it's good, but the fact that they reuse the teams is also a good thing. I think that's pretty awesome. And, um, I mean, by reuse, I mean the teams from the previous um, year are still implemented through so it's not like you lose your points and that kind of thing which I think is a good thing because some teams they just had horrible matches sometimes and it wasn't that great okay next is the number of ties and the number of sets Davis Cup usually is four singles and doubles one doubles match and that's been changed to two singles and one doubles match I think that will one lose the intensity of the tie and two makes it easier for stronger teams to win faster because if you have a team like let's say um who's a team that's won recently France they had um just uh Gilles Simon, um, Benoit Pair, they have Tsonga, all those types of peoples, and uh, Adrian Manorino, um, Richard Gasquet, they have the big guns, and they're a strong Davis Cup team. And then if they're playing against, I don't know, some Greece or someone, like, and they don't have a strong team, like, they don't have a stronger team. So in the two sets, they've practically, in the two first singles match, they've practically won. And I don't think that's fair. I think they needed maybe an extra doubles match. So it's 2-2 two, two, and it's making a little bit fair. Obviously, that means the Davis Cup squad is going to be smaller if you've only got two singles and one doubles. You only need three, four players. Yeah, maybe five players and then your coach and all and your team and stuff like that. It, it losing the tradition I don't think it's right and obviously the best of five like the best of three sets makes it quicker and it's less strain because they have to play the whole week however you don't get the same I feel like you don't get the same level of tennis as you would in a best of five matches like 
best of five matches there's something about them that competitiveness the drive the comebacks I feel like they're gonna miss a lot because best of three you can watch that on the tour anytime like it's just a like you just watch a tour level match like you're not watching anything special whereas the Davis Cup it was like it was like an Olympic, like, I don't know how to describe it, it was like a semi, like a soccer world final, like you're watching that, that's how dramatic it is, because of the best of five sets, so I feel like they're losing the drama, they're losing the intensity, they're losing the competitive edge, and it's just going to make stronger, supposedly, in my opinion, supposedly stronger teams on paper, and statistically stronger teams, more dominating, and I feel like this is just going to create a ripple of not I wouldn't say ripple effect but an effect that um many people like the same teams will be appearing in the finals all the time like it's just going to be that because of the fact of the way the games are played um a lot of people have been I'm concerned about the week long scheduling because the date is November 18th to 24th supposedly and then the next gen finals, uh, November sixth to tenth. So that means they have eight days to prepare. But then, if we look at the ATP finals, which are eleventh to the eighteenth, they don't have any days to prepare. So it's it's really hard. And the ATP finals effectively are the last tournaments, and then everyone's off for the whole of um no like the rest of november and a little bit of december and the rest of december so it's not i don't think it's fair the timing of the finals and everything like that it's not it's not fair it's not right obviously people want to rest and i think sasha's very i read an article on ub tennis um and it's he says in november i don't want to play tennis anymore I think all the top guys will say the same thing. We have one and a half months in our off season, and that's the end of November and December. Making a tournament end of November, which is the ten days playing and competitive and competing, it's crazy. By the end of the year, we are all tired, and I think Sasha is a hundred percent right. He, they are going to be tired. They don't. I feel like they don't have enough. They don't have a long enough off season, but that's the sport, and that's what they signed up for. And I think. Mm, I think this will be good for lesser players. Um, lesser players, I mean, lesser in the rankings who probably don't have the stress and the strain to go and compete for the Australian Open, if you know what I mean. That would be great for them because obviously everyone has the same off-season, obviously is doing the same preparations and all that kind of stuff. But if you're someone who's maybe ranked outside of the top 100 like top fifth, top 150 kind of a player and you do play Davis Cup, that's good for you because like you're getting your exposure, it's kind of, but then you don't, you can, I feel like you can relax a little bit more because you can, you know that, oh, you know what, maybe I don't need to play, I'm not going to play the Australian Open anyway, so I can just chillax a little bit, extend my off season maybe into January, first couple of weeks of January and then come back for the next Davis Cup tie. So, you know what I mean? It's kind of good for them, but it's still not good. Like, it's it's not good for anyone. I don't know. Maybe I'm, you guys call me out on this because that's... I just don't see why... And that's my thing. Like, to me, I don't understand why other sports have such a long off-season. Like, they have two or three months, and tennis players have, like, half a month, one and a half months at best. 
it's it's not a lot and it's not it's not good enough i feel like it's not good enough and i think instead of making new tournaments and reformatting existing tournaments that are great why don't we reschedule the tour dates and all that kind of stuff so we can actually give them a longer break so people don't have a lot of injuries and all that kind of stuff because if we think that there's the off season which is november to december then you have the break before Miami and Indian Wells. Then you have the break after Wimbledon. And that's it. Well, three breaks in the year, which aren't really breaks and they're not really holidays. But, you know, yeah. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. The podcast is about Davis Cup and... My main reaction is they're monetizing the event. Um, the ATP, the ITF, the whole tennis federation, they see dollar signs. They see dollar signs in anything that they do. And this is the reason why we've lost 118 years of tradition. They want exhibition styles they see how Labour Cup did so well and then Hopman Cup and then you have the H- the next gen finals and the ATP finals and like Singapore and all those kind of things it's oh mm, I don't like it's monetizing they're monetizing it and I don't think that's right a lot of the events that are coming up now like that the next gen finals is literally just for money it does nothing to help the players besides Besides the younger players actually get a shot to compete like within themselves like the top guys do, which is great. But other than that, they're just making money off them. Like it's nothing special, it's not anything like they've just lost, like I said, a hundred and eighteen years of tradition. That's insane. Okay, sorry, I was taking a sip of tea. There's just so much drama that I need to break too. Um, I'm just reading, sorry, I'm reading my notes and I'm just thinking like, there's a lot I wrote down and I can't even read half of it. So I'm just going to speak from the heart. Um, but I think the main thing and the reason why I'm a bit, I, I guess the reason why I don't like this format is because the fans lose the connection. Like I said before, it was easier in home and away finals because everyone would travel. Like, think of how many cities benefited, how many cities, how many small towns in some countries that people don't even, like, places that you wouldn't even think to go to benefited from these tennis ma- like these tennis tournaments and this Davis Cup ties because travel, like, players wouldn't, not players, but fans wouldn't have to travel so far within their countries like yes if you're from the opposing side I guess you would maybe that's a thousand dollars or so but it's a trip of a lifetime definitely and you're going somewhere unique whereas everyone can go to Madrid anyone can go to Madrid you don't even have to go for tennis and what are you seeing like if you went to the Madrid Masters 1000 or if you went to like it's it's not the same and I understand the benefit of having a neutral home like a neutral final base that's fine but I also think that home and away feel is just so good 
like yeah I do like I do understand it because it would be like you'd have people more engaged and more people watching if it's in a neutral place because everyone would be like oh it's just a one central place and obviously Madrid is going to win lots of like get lots of money and the tourism is going to go up around that time but then also you know help the small cities out like those little economies that need help like you know I think the big thing about having a shorter week is that more players will be involved. I think, (coughs) excuse me, Um, more players will be involved because of the fact that players will get tired and lots more people will pull out and not play since it's at the end of the year. And it's going to put a strain on people. And it will encourage, I guess, more people to be put in Davis Cup teams. More people to be inducted or initiated into the Davis Cup teams. Which is not a bad thing. It's obviously a good thing because you've got versatility. Some people won't want to play. Some people do want to play. And we see that. I think a big example is Australia. Like, you see, I see now, like, Nick Kyrgios, Bernard Tomic, um, Thanas Kokonakis. They haven't played a Davis Cup tie in a while. And all these new guys, Alex Demonor, who played at the beginning of the year and who's been a staple in their team, John Millman, who had an amazing US Open and who's stable in the team, Matt Ebden, and now we have a new guy, Mark Pullmans, who I talk about a lot. Um, he's recently been initiated into the team. So it's it's good because they get a lot of variety and a lot of diversity and I think that's great because people who want to compete and people who want to be there for their country and want to do things for their country will get the opportunity to do that it's not just people who are the top guns and I think this sort of format will want the top guns but that's not going to happen as I recently read that apparently there is a boycott of the competition within the players. And so I'm reading and apparently people have signed a letter. The only one who's been very outspoken about this is Alexander Zverev, who is criticising the crazy scheduling and all of this. But um, other people like Roger, Novak, haven't said anything. The only thing Roger said was, why is a footballer organising this tournament? And he has a fair point, because I was wondering the same. I'm like, this Gerard Piguet, isn't he still playing? Like, what is he doing? But his company, or I don't know, his mess. Cosmos is um an investor in this tournament. So that's very interesting. Speaking of Cosmos, one thing that they cannot do is there is an unliteral exit clause in their contract when their CEO Javier Alonso said that this means that if the Davis Cup revamp fails within the next two years Cosmos can't walk away from the event and nothing else has been said on this clause and I think this is they've dug themselves a hole because if players are boycotting Top Guns are boycotting. You're in a neutral place. No one's going to pay thousands of dollars to go to Madrid. Madrid is probably, I wouldn't say the most expensive city, but 
in that time of November, I wouldn't say it's cheap to fly there either. And then, I don't know how many people are like, how are you going to show it on TV? Are you going to have special rights and all that kind of stuff? So they've kind of dug themselves a hole, and I don't know the numbers they've invested, but <clears throat> it's not looking good for them, which is actually quite sad, because if you think of it, I, I understand why they did it, and I think that it, it would be great. It's just we're not just... Tennis isn't there yet. Tennis is still in the tradition, and they're still in the we want to... Like, we still want that old traditional play and that old tradition of amazing matches and those long finals. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know what they're going to do because that's a tough one. It really is. And they can't, they've invested for five years, I think. So that's going to be interesting. Now, if we see Labour Cup, like I said before, monetizing events, Labour Cup solely, it was, it started. It was hyped, I don't know how to begin this, it was hyped in the rise of the exhibition tournaments. And tennis, and it had people, tennis fans, non-tennis fans, everyone engaged and hooked because I loved it because of the team, teaminess of it all. Like you had people who weren't from the same country, people who were friends in real life playing together and just being crazy and I think Team World with Nick Kyrgios, Jack Sock, Thanasi Kokonakis, Denis Shapovalov, Francis Tiafo, John McEnroy, John Isner, all those types of people, Diego Schwartzman, those guys from the past two years actually, they they made it. They really they sold the tournament in my eyes. Even though they didn't win, they just embodied everything that I feel like the not the exhibition was about like it was supporting Labour Cut the Rod Laver, who is an Australian tennis legend, who is the greatest in the sport, one of the greatest in the sport to be honest. And this tournament was created by Roger Federer's management team, Team Eight, and Tennis Australia, and it was two teams obviously Team Europe, and Team World, and Team Europe we saw one second year in a row with Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe who were friends in real life so it was just that friendship vibes and just very team and like friend vibes which is awesome and it was kind of like clicky and I feel like that was very interesting because it got it got a lot of people into the minds of what actually happens in the tennis world and behind the locker like in the locker rooms that what we don't see and a lot of that was I think it was great vibes and I feel like if Davis Cup wanted to move into that direction, if Cosmos and Gerard Piquet and all these people who were the ITF, they saw, oh, Labour Cup, it was really successful, we should try to change that up and do something like that. But, oh, we're doing a budget version of it, trying to still keep the old tradition. No, if you're going to change it up, change it 100% up and make it completely different and don't just... Because I feel like Labour Cup succeeded on the fact that it was very different and it was a different vibe and I loved it. Everyone loves Labour Cup and it's the one thing I look forward to in the tennis world because it's like, oh my god, it's so good. And then you look at the next-gen finals where they changed everything. There's new rules, 
there's like no lines people the court is shorter everything's in like one room people can move around there's no lets and like four sets and it's just crazy like tennis is moving in a direction so quickly and it's not like it's moving so quickly that we don't even understand how fast it's going like everything's changing and I feel like that's what they were trying to do with Davis Cup but it just didn't work out because there's some things that you can't change and I feel that's where they're really stuffed up because Davis Cup was good on its own it was good by itself and the ITF is just money hungry and I said it before ATP is just money hungry as well but the ITF they just see dollar signs and they're not doing what's best for the players and this is not a good decision at all and I think it's gonna flop in my honest opinion it's gonna fail it will honestly it's not gonna be great and I think if you were going to the Davis Cup final this year savor it I feel like it will be back I feel like yeah we have two years to see if it fails Maybe people will embrace it, maybe people won't, but at the end of the day, it's there's nothing we can do about it, and a lot of the players, I feel like there's some players who just don't care, and will do, like, they just don't care and they don't, can't be bothered, so it's not, like, a big deal, but I do feel like it's going to give a lot of other people a chance, I think that's the main thing, it's going to give a lot of other players a chance to do well and get themselves known. Which is what Davis Cup at the moment was missing because teams would be small but it would be filled up of the typical guys of that country. And I feel like now that we don't, a lot of the players are injured and they don't want to like stress themselves out, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. But that's very, I feel like Davis Cup is a good it's a good thing. I love it. It's such a good tournament. and <coughs> Excuse me. It's described as the World Cup of Tennis. And it is. It's like it's like a World Cup or World Cup qualifiers. And I think it's good. And they're just trying to... The World Cup is over multiple weeks. And they're trying to hype it up. So it's not... Yeah. We'll see how this works. But it's very interesting. And... I think the players boycotting and people signing petitions and people not responding. I think from what I read, it seems that Rafa Nadal is the only one who endorses this. But I don't know how true that is, according to... Yeah, well, they have the backing of Nadal, apparently. Which is interesting. But then also Nadal lives for Davis Cup. He lives. Like he he loves it. And if you guys. Like if you haven't watched him. When he's there for like. for t- He's he's into it. He's right there. Cheer- he's number one cheerleader. For Spain. And it's just so cool. And I feel like. I, I, I see why he'd be for it. One it's in Spain. So it would be. The atmosphere one. Let alone would be amazing. And two. It's just, I think it's what he thinks tennis is going to progress to. And I don't know if he's buddies. I'm not saying he's buddies and he's colluding with anyone. Or if it's like, you know, a friend of a friend. Not that business. But like, I think on the vibes and the basis of Spain, it's a good thing for them. 
and that is going to be good in the tennis long run. I think that's his thing. But yeah, Federer and Djokovic, I think, in my personal opinion, I would like there to be more drama. <coughs> I don't know why someone like Sasha is commenting even though he hardly plays Davis Cup. This is my two cents. But um, I think some of the older players, like Roger, like Novak, I know that they're done with the drama, but I would like to see them comment. I would like to know what they're actually thinking, besides for the fact that they don't like a footballer being in charge of this. I think that's a bit weak. I think it's not, like, obviously they have the right to remain silent and all that kind of stuff and preserve their thoughts and people would... I wouldn't say judge them, but maybe people are thinking the same thing. I think they just need to come out and be like, okay, instead of boycotting, why don't we help, not help them, but just set alternatives and set the facts straight, because I don't think it's right that this is what's happening and it's not fair. It's really not, and I don't see why. They can't just put a statement out, just a few words like, hi, we don't like this, bye. Like, very simple, very easy, no one needs to know, but, um, well, we do need to know, but, yeah, it's, oh, I don't know, I don't know what to do with the Davis Cup, there's just a lot, and people, like, I think that's the most funniest thing, is people aren't happy, tennis players are not, like, tennis players, tennis fans are not happy, I don't know if there's actually a tennis fan that I've seen that is for this change. If you are a tennis fan that is loving and like really excited for this David Cup change, please do let me know. I would I'd love to have a chat. Like genuinely love to have a chat. But otherwise I'm not quite sure because I haven't heard anyone that's for it. All I see is people like not dissing it, but whenever someone says anything bad about it, they're like, Yes, I stand and I support you and I solely feel like like Gerard Pika had it coming, like they're not going to make any money, it's going to flop, all this kind of stuff. So it's very interesting to me. But yeah, I feel like I've talked for a long time. Gosh, and it's probably just rambles. I hope this made sense. I hope you guys got my opinion on it. Finally, after like three or four months of waiting, I hope it was worth the wait. But there's just a lot of drama and there's a lot of... Like, there's still articles coming out today that is just so-and-so is not playing the Davis Cup. Top five players who won't be seeing the Davis Cup. Why people are boycotting the Davis Cup now? Like, it's just a lot. Like, actually a lot. Like, I was trying to find articles that had snippets of good, like, good comments to... Oh, my God. Like, top tennis players snub $3 billion Davis Cup, $3 billion Davis Cup revamp. Like, there's just a lot... Uh, a lot like even old like old tennis players that have retired and they should be at home with their children uh commenting on this so it's really shook the tennis community shooketh them they were very shook and I didn't expect it to happen I was like what the what is going on but um yeah that is the world we live in today and tennis is changing and it had to start with the Davis Cup, sadly. But I don't know. In my opinion, the old Davis Cup will be back. Just give it five years. They'll be back. 
But um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. I talked for way too long. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope your cup of tea was good. I hope you went all the way to the kettle just to make a cup of tea and you enjoyed it whilst listening. Um, otherwise, thank you guys for listening. This, I don't know. I won't promise you guys anything for the next one, obviously. The ATP finals and the next gen finals are coming up. Whether I do a podcast is up to you guys. But um, if you do want a podcast for that, please let me know. I would be happy to make one. I can do a reaction to it or I can do an aftermath or somewhere over the whole year. Whatever you guys like. I don't mind. I'll do whatever. As long as you guys are listening and happy. And But yeah, thank you guys for listening to this. Hope you it was worth it. Hope you guys loved it. Hope your tea was good also. And um, I'll catch you on the next one.